Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. And we can begin by reading the sutra together out loud. We see the first word is Shiva. Shiva Tulio. Shiva Tulio. Jayate. Jayate. Shiva Tulio Jayate. Shiva Tulio Jayate. Shiva Tulio Jayate. When a yogi has attained the supreme intensity of God consciousness, then this is the actual sutra, they become just like Shiva. The focus of this sutra in the beginning is right away on this, this word. They become just like Shiva. We're used to talking more about merging with Shiva, but this sutra actually takes a little time to say, hey, not so fast. Let's, let's talk about this. So we're going to just jump right into some of the text and then uh, just sort of decipher it as we go. Hey, Usha, it's good to see you. Would you mind reading this uh, quote here for the group? Just go ahead and unmute. Through the intensity of meditating on Turya, the yogi becomes like Lord Shiva. Why is it said that the yogi becomes like Lord Shiva? Why not say that he becomes one with Shiva? It cannot be said they become one with Shiva because they have a body, a physical frame. As long as the physical frame is existing, the yogi is just like Shiva. They are not one with Shiva. Their having a physical frame will divert them toward inferior states. When he casts off this physical frame composed of five elements, then he becomes one with Shiva. Thanks, Usha. So um, I'd like to expand this concept, this definition that we're working with right away with uh, the idea that a, a physical frame, yes, he says the five elements, this is the body, the, our body for sure. But um, a way we can expand this concept to really relate to it in our, in our practice uh, on a daily basis is also that the physical frame, the frame work, the frame of our the body of our life is, is your, your work, your hobbies, your family, you know, your relationships, uh, the things you like, the things you dislike. This is the arena, the frame of your life. And um, this in the yoga context is described, uh, as we'll see in just a moment, as our karma, specifically uh, one, a type of karma called parabdha karma. Who's heard of prarabdha karma? 
cool. Okay, so prarabdha karma has always been likened. Whenever we hear about it, this is the analogy, right? Every time, uh, Bob, what would, what does it look like, prarabdha karma? Uh, the classical description is like you shot an arrow into the air; it has to come back down. There's nothing no. you can do about it; it will come back down. Where does it come down? We don't know. When will it come down? We don't know. But the one thing we know is it will come down. It will come down. So that's prarabdha karma. It's uh, specifically uh, that. Now, hey, look, this arrow is landing all the time. Look around you. Take a, take a moment. Literally, your life is the landing of this arrow in this moment. This is what the arrow looks like when it lands for you right now. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Actually, we're in, we're in a meditation class with our Sangha. This is a pretty good landing for that arrow. Um, and that is exactly what we've been taught is that we don't know when it's going to land or where, but if we do our practice consistently, we are going to um, have the best possible circumstances for that landing to occur. So if this arrow's got a, gotta land maybe instead of it hitting you right in the bicep and oh god you know maybe it just grazes the arm or, or grazes the leg and you just put a band-aid over it you know but it doesn't even have to be like painful in that way it just means our practice sets the stage for the best possible landing of this arrow the best possible dissolving of the karma that we have to live through so um I want to just take a moment to show a quote from babaji that talks a little bit about this type of this type of karma Hey, Nanda Devi, are you in a position to read a quote? If you find yourself in a particular arena of life, in this or that situation, that is where your karma has taken you, and you have to work it out. If you just run away from it all the time and don't deal with it, then you have to come back again. So you might as well confront your issues now. Then you can avoid wasting about 20 years to get focused enough to begin to meditate again. Thank you. We had a laugh. Yeah, that is true. You're like, whoa, okay. So the arena of our life, whatever situation you're in, this is your karma and you have to work it out. Um, if we run away from it, pops up again. Babaji has given the analogy many, many times of you quit one job and then your boss is, you get the same boss in the next job, you know, or you just keep having the same relationship challenge over and over again. It's all of us. This is, this is the case for every single one of us. So, this sutra offers a very interesting little, um, a new vocabulary word that I have, uh, that was, it was new to me, not Sanskrit, it's English, uh, about this process. Uh, and it said that we must, uh, we must learn to enjoy our karma in order to overcome it. Can you believe it? That's what this sutra sold us. So let's take a look at the, what the sutra says about that process. Natarajani, can you read through this one?
Parabdha karma cannot be overcome unless it is enjoyed. For an embodied being, Parabdha karma is unavoidable. He may be just like Shiva, or he may be an ordinary person. Parabdha karma must be overcome by being enjoyed. It cannot be cast aside or abandoned. That was read by the Sangha member named after the dancing Shiva, which very much represents the, exactly this concept of, uh, hey, if you want to make it through your karma, you actually would do better by dancing through it. Um, so here we are with this teaching. Our karma cannot be overcome unless it is enjoyed. Great. Jagamati, go question. Go for it. Yeah, question. So when you say the word enjoyed, do you think that <laughs> do you think that's like when we can feel gratitude for like our really like hard karma? Like instead of like, no, I don't want we start to feel gratitude for like the lessons and the growth. Like, do you think that's like enjoying it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, Jaganmati um this was going this is going to be the topic for our free write today so let's all answer Jagan mati's question with a uh, two or three minute free write um so hopefully if you have pen and paper nearby um remember the the free write is an opportunity for you to feel while you practice you know you the idea is to get out of the way and to feel and to breathe and to allow the question to come through. Now, before we start actually putting pen to paper, I just want to give us a disconnect for like one minute with this topic, okay? So enjoy. So take a moment to consider this. You're in your karma right now. Okay, this isn't something about tomorrow or in the future. This is it. You're in it right now. So what would it mean for you in this moment to enjoy your karma what would that look like feel like what is that right now do you have to smile i don't know do you have to laugh maybe not what is it right now for you to enjoy your karma Again, tap into this. So again, just because there's a little bit of shuffling around in the room here. Enjoy your karma right now. Do you feel like you are overcoming? Do you feel like you, is this actual, is this experience of you enjoying the moment, whatever that means to you? Is this a real practice you're doing? Are you actually rising up in some way right now? So connect with this feeling, this experience, and try to stay connected to enjoying your karma 
as you write. It's the same karma. Your karma now is writing. It has challenges. How do you enjoy it while you write? I'll get out of the way. Just about a minute left. Try to let yourself keep writing, keep enjoying. We just entered the bonus round. We had an additional 45 seconds. Bonus round. and let yourself finish the thought you're on. Put down the pencil for a moment or the pen and read over what you wrote.
if anything sticks out to you as sort of real, it feels like something real came through, even just a single word or a phrase, underline it. And then let's throw a keyword or a couple of words, if needed, in the chat box for for your work. You know, I'm not sure if there's a specific question. All right, Bob is ready. Easy gladness. Relaxing into being. Wonder. Embrace. Opportunity to be present. Peaceful. Player in a game. Stop complaining. Enjoy. In joy. Stay light with it. Tuned in. Nectar within each level. You know when you know, it just is. Calm. Qualities of meditation. Lightheartedness. Firm, steady, pleasant. Where do I want to be a year from now? Without malice. Um, liberating. Liberating. Pejavani, the last word. Humor. Okay. Do we miss anything? Lightheartedness. Okay. Thank you so much. So let's um, let's take a moment. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear someone elaborate. Um, if you felt a little spark in that moment and that spark continued to burn while you're writing, um, does anybody want to share uh, based on their experience just now? Sure, you should go for it. So as I was writing, I just thought that everything I was writing that was helping me enjoy what I was doing were the qualities of meditation, surrender, breathing, um, relaxing my jaw, uh, just different things that I used to help me just to staying present um, was another one I had. Um, non-resistant because writing isn't something that I've always loved to do but if I could stay in that state of non-resistance or the continuous breathing so it just came up to me to use all my tools <laughs> very good and so it's the actual it's like we always associate joy with an object or an experience but you're as you're saying it's like joy is actually the way you participate in any experience or the way you work with any object that defines the joy thank you super 
Anyone else? Okay, Gita. I was going to call on you, Gita. That's interesting. For me, the phrase lightheartedness is a bit of a pun. Uh, light meaning uh, the expansiveness. Um, and it reminds me of that phrase uh, from Nichinanda that the heart is the center of the universe. Go there in Rome. It's like being okay with what's happening. The other part of that uh, lightness is just I, I, the light literally of enlightenment. And it's like, um, it's just part of who we are, the, the dark and the light and when we're in these bodies. And we can focus on the darkness or we can focus on the lightness. And it's our choice. Thank you. Yeah, I can really feel how how clear it is, like what you're saying, how you can, it's where you place your, you know, where attention goes, energy flows. And then as we meditate and we practice, I feel like we create those, we create wider and wider paths to the lightness. Whereas of course, when we, when we begin or when we're going through a big uh, like a new stage, you know, new level in our practice. It's like the path is narrower. You know, you can you can look down it, but you really gotta stay focused to make it work. And then there's other times after you've really worked on something, or you know, during sort of that rebirth phase, it's like it just feels so. The path feels so obvious and so big. Or when you're with sangha in these settings, the path feels so big. Like right now, like we can all just choose the lightness right now. It feels so easy. As it should be, you know, that's it's the reservoir. That's why it's that's why it's one of the three jewels. Thanks, Gita. Anyone else wanna share a little bit? Um, yeah. Hey. Uh, can you hear you okay? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So this is uh it sort of is bringing me back to can you see my head a little bit? Yeah, yeah, you're just, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay, so it's reminded me a lot of the last sutra um, with the idea of looking for Shiva and everything. Like uh, that, that bit about like everything, all the senses, everything you're experiencing. Uh, and I feel like that's what brings uh, enjoyment into, into everything. I was looking for the self and using every experience uh, to find bliss or define the state of shiva absolutely it's like chopping a carrot isn't isn't really fun but if you use chopping a carrot to find the present then chopping a carrot is fun is that sort of on the right tip yeah or yeah yeah even like sweeping the floor or like wow. you know like oh the dust on the floor doesn't you know it's not beautiful or anything but you can have a beautiful experience while while doing that absolutely and it's not like a mind game it's not like a trick of the mind right it's a real palpable practice that you do in a lot of different settings would you agree, Tashi? 
Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think anything uh, and everything is a catalyst for for being on that path. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like this the stories of Muktananda talks about it in his books a little bit, like uh, you know, even anyone can do it like people who are like working any different job or different varieties of life yeah absolutely so thanks for honing in on that part of it oh thanks uh nanama go for it yeah i I just wanted to add you know it's I don't think it's a mind trick, but for me, when I'm really steeped in a lot of karma or some scars coming up in the muck, I need to use my mind to remind myself I'm in it. And to, you know, if I'm resisting the karma or the whatever the situation is, using my mind to help me go to my practice. It's, it, you know what I'm saying? I need yeah. that to talk myself into using my practice sometimes like, oh yeah, I've got this practice. This is what's happening right now. And then breathing into it to expand beyond the tension. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a uh, exactly what you're saying. It feels like a it's like a two-part process where first you have to direct your focus and then you have to, to use it in a certain direction. It's like a compass. The mind is like a compass and it points you and then you walk, you know, and then you read and then you stop and then you, you, you recalibrate up. Oh, I got a little off and then you walk. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is, especially, I know you're like a Guiana Yogi. You really love the sutras the scriptures and reading. And uh, similar, you know, for me, that like it, it really the like we we have a, a connection to just we're inspired and by the mind and can you know like to work with it just like another yogi might be like really inspired by uh, the way they work with their body in asana or pranayama or seva, you know, it's just like it's just so I know exactly what you mean. Dharma or Bruce Lee, <laughs> I like the top. I, li- I like Bruce Lee. <laughs> um, I was thinking about the masks of Shiva and if each of us has that unique equation that is our own karma that I've heard Bar- Babaji talk about, that um, we're the only one that can enjoy it from our particular perspective. No one else is able to do that. And so um, that becomes a, a gift, like a there's a potential there. If it can be enjoyed, no one else can enjoy it for us because we all have our own unique karma. Uh, so thank you. That's really, I think that really points to just, again, the simplicity of this 
task. I mean, we all know how to enjoy things. We know how to do it. We know what it feels like. We know what it means. And I feel like when what Dharma sort of opened up is, is I think we sometimes look at our enjoyment as um, maybe sometimes frivolous in a way, like we're, but like it's really important. We're the only ones that can do it. You're the only one that can enjoy your karma and, and, and have it matter. So. so just like we're used to hearing, oh, that your karma is specifically challenging for you, whereas you might breeze right through somebody else's karma, they might breeze through yours. Well, flip that. It's similar, you know, it's particularly, it could be a particularly enjoyable for you. And boy, that word enjoy, it, it really, I, I feel like it's sort of loaded I don't know if you all have like a sort of a knee jerk to that because you're just like, don't tell me to enjoy something. I don't know if you all feel like that. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Dr. Johnny. I was obviously when I started, it went to like, I just need to appreciate things more, no to do lists all the things like find Shiva, be present, all the things that we know. And then I was like, okay, but that's, that's like the easy karma. Like how, how do you enjoy the hard karma? Like when it's your family and they're in your everyday life or what do you do then? And then it was, I think so often I try and like solve the problem of I don't, want to feel this way, like, let me fix this. How do I solve this problem and make it better? And, you know, what if it wasn't something to be solved and that there's nothing to be done and instead you just let it be and let it lie and you just know when you know what you need to do and then you do it. But that, that, at this current moment, the joy actually comes in the surrender and that there's actually no problem that needs to be solved. It was kind of big for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, because, you know, the idea that we, I mean, Baba just addressed this two weeks ago in Satsang where he was like, you're never going to like, solve your 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 situation it's you can solve it for a little bit then it's going to shift and there's going to be a new challenge and we just spend so much time trying to solve it only to have it change and morph in a new challenge arise so it's it's like how what's another way we can approach it i i really liked how jagamanti was talking about gratitude for me, that helps when I have the family karma or things come up and then the shifting, like you were talking that if I can find some gratitude in the moment and gratitude that I have the opportunity to grow, gratitude that I have a practice, uh, inner tools to deal with it on another level, even if I fumble or when I fumble, that, help, that helps me too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the beauty of the sutra. If you, 
Uh, and Bob, you can go here in a second. That's the beauty of the sutra is, you know, the all we're given is this word enjoy it, enjoyment. So now it's in each of our courts. What's that gonna look like? What's that gonna what was that was that how is that how can you make that real? It doesn't have to look like someone else enjoying it. It doesn't look like a caricature of joy. You know, play with it. Use it. It's real. Bob. I was thinking about something Baba said to me years ago. He said, if you see your life kind of like a teeter-totter, right now you might be working on this side, grinding away through your karma. And boy, when I was first in the ashram, my life was very difficult. I had a brand new bakery I didn't know how to bake and uh, don't laugh Tashi uh, but I, I had I had to deal with a lot of stuff and it was hard work hard work hard work but he said ev eventually you get to the middle point and it tips you'll feel it tip and at, at a certain point you've burned up enough of the heaviness um, you know, there will always be karma there, but a lot of the heavy stuff gets burned up and then you'll feel a tip and your life becomes much lighter. And for somebody who's been doing this for many years, uh, I can now say Baba was telling me the truth. My, my life feels like I burned up a lot and um, Things don't bother me. I love washing dishes. Uh, you know, the things that used to be uh, are now just kind of like, eh, no problem. We can do this. So I thought I would mention that because some of you may be just starting on the path. I guess most of you have been doing this for a while, but the idea that it, <laughs> and you look at Baba, his life has been, when I first met him, it was a hard work. It was hard work that he went through. But you can see now the finished product or the uh, not quite finished product, but life gets lighter and lighter as you begin to understand that you can uh, deal with this karma that's coming your way. And eventually, it becomes light and you become a very happy, <laughs> a very centered person. So I just, so glad to be here. Glad to see all of you. That seems like a perfect transition for us uh, to make our way into meditation, to put all this into practice, to, to start walking the path towards that lighter experience. So feel free to shuffle your seat a little, do what needs to be done.
Um, so as we are able to enjoy our karma, the metaphor is that it dissolves, that we become lighter, that or it burns up. And really, we have less and less uh, binding us. And instead of, for example, the room you're in being full of distractions, which is how the sutra tells us it is, the distractions fade away little by little, and the room becomes full of your being, this being that Babaji has been talking about a lot lately. And I wanted to just say for a moment that um, this is an experience I had recently sitting with our Sangha member who is transitioning from to life into death. And um, for, for RK, when I would walk into his room, I wanted to share this picture with you all. Oops, that's not it yet. When I would walk into his room, uh, this was his altar that I'm going to be posting on Facebook. He wanted me to post this. This is what he looked at all day uh, for the last, you know, three weeks. And um, when you walked into the room, there was nothing in the room, really, except for him, his altar, his bed, and his, his sheet, his blanket and everything. I mean, we offered him plenty of things. He just didn't need anything at this point. And... His room was very empty and in a very literal way, but this is also in a karmic way. In this sutra, we're told that as we get nearer and nearer to the end of our life, our room gets lighter and lighter, emptier and emptier, allowing for us to experience our being more and more. And that's what I felt every time I walked into the room to, to be with RK. Um, I felt mantra spontaneously arising. I felt the presence all around me very simply there was nothing else to focus on except the present. And it reframed these pictures that I've seen since I've been in the ashram of Nityananda sitting, our root guru, Nityananda, sitting in his ashram, in his room, usually pretty bare, usually a pretty empty room, just him, a blanket, and a bed. You know, he's always just sort of sitting in this real simple way, and it looks like he's just waiting, just there. And I realized, oh, Nityananda was as detached in his life as we will be at the end of our life. But he was that detached in the middle of his life, at the early parts of his life, too. And so our work as yogis is to start to empty this room. This is a picture of all the people that would come to him. Every day, there's thousands. This is a small picture. But for him, his room was empty. So take a moment. Be in the room that you're in, both the physical room you're in, but also the physical body you're in, and the physical breath you're in. Allow this room that you sit within to be as simple as possible you have karma it will arise every thought that pops up is your karma every physical sensation that pops up is your karma 
we can't cast it aside, as the sutra says. We have to enjoy it and by doing so, overcome it. What this word enjoy means is up to you. It's a personal experience of your practice. The tools of stillness and of breath awareness help you accomplish this joy. You can silently repeat the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya as you inhale, Om Namah Shivaya as you exhale, or simply watch the breath. These tools of stillness and mantra and breath are here to direct you towards your being, towards the joy. You can imagine your being like this big orb that surrounds you. And as you breathe consciously, you feel your being. As you sit still, you feel it. Where is your being? Can you feel it? Let the mantra and the breath help you find it. Enjoying this moment is intuitive. It's natural. You don't have to be taught it. You can't be taught it. No one can do it for you. No one can do it like you.
the mind wanders, our karma distracts us. This is inevitable. Can you refind your breath, your heart, your mantra amidst those distractions? Can you come back to your practice joyfully in your way with your joy? Let this room that you're in be as empty as possible. It's just you, your practice, and the walls that surround you. Let it be filled with your being. your joy, repeat your mantra as though it were a direct connection to your joy, breathe as though your breath is literally your being manifest. No matter what arises, you can surrender it by coming back to your joy.
You can be in this moment in an open and peaceful way. Let your room be empty, just you and your practice. We can finish class tonight in a special way, bringing our hands together at the heart. Um, and here as we sort of gaze upon the altar that our, was so special to Arke, Ramakrishna, you can feel the connection that you may have had 
with him in any way, any shape that it was. Do you feel that connection to him in your heart? And with an exhale, you can offer that connection up vertically. You can offer him a picnic basket of your love. Supporting him in rising and ascending to the next level. And then also just taking a moment to feel some gratitude in your heart for these practices, for our Sangha, for our teacher. This is priceless. Nothing can recreate any of these elements. And our karma might have its ups and downs, but we also have the karma to have these three jewels teacher the teachings and the sangha in our life and that karma is golden and so may we all you know really lean heavily into that karma as much as we can you know, especially as we enter in the holiday season and so uh, happy diwali uh, may your next few weeks be filled with light namaste Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be exploring this topic tomorrow as well in our reset class, if anybody's interested. See you soon. Jai 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 Jai